we are encouraging families and couples. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we have families in the house of the Lord? Do we have couples in the house of the Lord? Do we have in the house of the Lord? Do we have young people in the house of the Lord? Do we have children in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Um, I would like us to... So, we, we're going to be speaking on the subject, God's divine purpose for a family. Hallelujah. Amen. God's divine purpose for family. Amen. Amen. We know that God is a relational God. Even when the Bible starts from the very first chapter, the very first book, the book of Genesis, God creates man. He created the whole earth, the animals, the birds, Everything. He separated light from darkness. But that was not good enough for him. After everything, he said it was good. But it was not good enough. And then God created man in his image and in his likeness. Because God is a relational God. The Bible records that in the cool of the day, he would visit men in the garden. Not just to go and see if he's still alive or he's still caring for the garden. Because he wanted to have that fellowship with men. But then sin entered and broke that relationship. There was no longer a relationship between God and man. But when we read the Old Testament, we find God time and again trying to restore that relationship with man. Because he remembered who he is and why he created man. When he saw that broken relationship, it, did, it was not pleasing to him. And he did everything that he could to restore that relationship. But all that was done, the sacrifices, the, the, the blood that was shed of bulls and rams could not restore fully that relationship. But God did not give up. We see throughout scripture a prophecy that was said that the Redeemer will come. The one who will reconcile men back to God. We see it being fulfilled in the New Testament. So because we want to talk about families, I want us to draw from examples of families in the Bible. 
Janung ka hore ritlo go bua ka malapa ke batlagetse mo lere lebelle di tshwantshiso tsa malapa mo lefokong la modimo. I made a list of bad examples of families in the Bible. Ke dirile di example le ka pa di tshwantshiso tsa di families le gore ne di se dintle mo Bibleeng. And good examples of families in the Bible. Le di tshwantshiso tsa le gore ne di le dintle tsa malapa mantle mo lefokong la modimo. It's not a fully extensive list. Ha se gore ke list e e ntsintse e tletseng e botlalo. We can go and explore further. Le rona ka tswela pele go go batlisa tse dingwe gape. But I just wanted us to look at these families and compare and, and, and see what we can learn from them. Let us look at the bad families. So they were not bad families, but how their lives turned out and events that occurred in their lives show us bad examples of a family setup. And God, loving as He is, patience, patient as He is, in all these families we see how He also restored them. The first family that I want to make an example of is Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Where our problems started. Adam and Eve were given, were, were created and put in the garden. And instructed to tend the garden, look after it, name the animals, you know, be, be good stewards of what God had given them. And, but God put a, 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 a rule in the midst of all this responsibility that he had given them. And he said to them that of everything that is in the garden, you can eat and enjoy. But there's a tree in the middle of the garden. That one do not touch. We have the kids go Sunday school asking us, but why did God put the tree in the first place? But there is not the purpose for, for today. I'm, I'll leave it to you parents to answer that one at home. And now this is how sin entered. The devil came and cast doubt in the minds of in the mind of the woman and they ended up eating the fruit. And then So we have a situation where the devil comes to tempt the woman and the woman, because she was doubtful, she was not sure, she fell into the trap. And I don't know if her motivation to pass on this thing to the husband was it because of in community of property. <laughs> Because she could have just eaten and kept the secret to herself. But she shared this with the husband and both of them fell from the glory So here's a family that was uh, created by God, but then they allowed sin and sin entered. When God comes and wants them to give account, 
The man blames the wife. So he is innocent. Since I'm not the one who's at fault. The, the woman you created. Then we know the story. God um, uh, cuts them off the garden and commands a curse upon them. And then they continue to live on and have children. Of the, the first two children that they had, I think because the, 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 the whole picture or the whole idea that God had was distorted at this point. This also translated to the children in a certain way. We see two brothers, Cain and Abel, giving an offering to the Lord. One acceptable to the Lord, the other not acceptable to the Lord. And what resulted from that, one brother kills the other. Sin had entered. There was a divide between men and, 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 and God. The Bible further records another family. Noah and his sons. The Bible says that Noah had a vineyard. He harvested grapes. I, I believe he fermented them and he produced wine from, from them. And he drank the wine and enjoyed it until he was, he had more than what was, uh, uh, he, more, he had more than enough. Okay, we let out. No, but that's what. We let out. I pitched her after the late. And he got drunk. Amen. <laughs> The Bible records that one of the sons, the sons were Shem, Shem, and Japheth. The youngest one, he went and Noah was so, he, 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 he was so drunk that the Bible says that he, he, he started taking off his clothes, he was naked. And the young boy walked in and saw his father's nakedness. And he went and called the brothers, come, come and see. The Bible records that the two older brothers, they did not want to see the nakedness of the father or to bring shame upon the father. As they went in, they decided to cover him. Facing away from him, they brought a cloth and, or a blanket and covered his shame, his, his nakedness. When Noah realized what had happened, he cursed his son Ham. I believe he's the one whom the Canaanites were born from. We see another family that we can draw, we can, we can uh, see a better example from how the family dynamics um, occurred. Or, or 
Abraham's family. God promised him a son in Mudimu, his old age. He received the news with great faith. However, the promise delayed. And then the wife told him that let's rather take a second wife for you. God is delaying. Maybe he has forgotten. Or he realized that age, uh, science and biology and the facts are working against him. Let us help him and fast track this promise. Haga came into the picture. Ishmael was born. The promise still delayed. And what men made or created out of their own wisdom, which is this, the Ishmael, turned against him. The Bible records that Ishmael and Hagar started to mock Sarah. The very Sarah who came with the idea goes back to the husband, cast out the, the, the woman and the son. Because my family is now being disrupted. You know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting how events are recorded in the Bible. We are just given ideas or sort of an overview of what happened. But can you imagine if God had put in those details? Put yourself in the shoes of Sarah for a moment. Here is an old woman told that she's going to have a son. I can imagine the whole neighborhood laughing at her. Maybe at first it was like an amazing thing. Wow, we can't wait for this miracle. But as the promise delayed, they might have called her names. They might have said she was blaspheming. Lying about God. And probably pressure was mounting up on her. Hence she came with the idea of bringing in another woman. When she thought that this was a good solution for the family. This solution became a problem. I don't think she went to Adam the first, I mean Abraham the first day and say, Bakube Baba Bediba. I she went to Abraham and said, send them off. Probably it took a lot of persuading and arguments and maybe clashes between husband and wife. Relationships were further being broken. The young boy and the mother were sent away. Isaac was born eventually. 
the promise fulfilled. Remember all these people, as the Bible says, they are born into sin, born according to the lineage of Aden. The relationship between God and man had not been restored. Isaac gives birth to a son. Jacob. And Esau. They were twins. Somehow they managed to get it right. Who was first and who was second. But here is a woman called Rebecca. The one that the Lord had led the servant of Abraham to go and find for Isaac. Oh, the chosen wife. The chosen wife for Isaac. She starts now to, to show favoritism between the two sons. According to the records of the Bible, Esau was the first one. And Jacob was the second. But then through the help of the mother, Jacob robbed or tricked Esau of his birthright. And he took the firstborn position and the blessing of the first child. And this was done through the assistance of the mother. We see a distorted type of family situation where parents do not show equal treatment or equal love between the kids. And they end up twisting the, 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 the birthright or changing the birthright. And this impacted on the future of these children. Isao at some point also conspired with the mother and wanted to kill the brother. Jacob runs away. He stays with his uncle Laban. So the problems are not only in the immediate family, but we see them also in the extended family. Jacob notices Rachel. He wants to marry her. But Uncle Laban tricks Jacob and made him to marry Leah instead of Rachel. Leah. You can imagine also what kind of a situation there was. Living in a household, being given a wife that you did not want to marry. But still in the same household, the one you wanted is there. Matad. Amen. And then Laban to try and make amends of the situation. He makes Jacob work again for, in order for him to get Rachel. 
If we think about the day-to-day running of that family, I don't think it was a pleasant situation. We see Joseph and his brothers. A young man that God was revealing himself to him at a very young age. God gives him a dream. He does not hold it to himself. He is so excited. He is marveled at, wow, what, what a dream I've just had. He goes to his family, the people that he loves. The people that are meant to protect him. The people that are supposed to cover him. He shares the dream with them. What does he get in return? You think you are better. We will come and bow down to you. Who do you think you are? We are older than you. You can imagine that immediately after sharing that dream, the situation changed in the house. I can imagine him, whenever he says something, quiet, you dreamer. <laughs> so the situation was very tense. It was so bad when a time came and the brothers conspired to kill him. So they did not just move from one day hearing the dream, tomorrow we are killing. The boy continued dreaming and the boy continued sharing. And yet the brother's anger welled up inside of them. To the point where they wanted to kill him. And they sold him. Uh, when one of them uh, said they should rather not kill him. One other family that I want to draw your attentions to is the family of Saul. Saul. Saul, uh, when he was king, uh, the Bible says that he used to have, I'm um, fast forward, he, he used to have a demon that will come and torment him. And he would call for David to come and play the harp. And the demon would leave him. But then there was a time when, fast forward, then David became more recognized and people favored him over Saul. But and Saul uh, became angry and wanted to kill him. But Jonathan, one of Saul's uh, sons, had a friendship or, or was friends with David. And he chose to protect David over the anger of their father. Later on, we see another son of Saul, Absalom, Absalom. who wanted to kill his, his father. All of these families, we see how things were not functioning well. There was hurt. 
there was there was discord there was jealousy there was envy and, and also killing they killed one another or wanted to kill each other but we thank God that in all these families God showed himself faithful he, he, he did not destroy mankind he restored them in one way or another and we still have good examples that we can learn from when we look at the good examples of families in the Bible we see Noah. Noah lived in a time when there was drought. There was, there was no rain. But God said to him, build an ark. I believe Noah was the joke of the day. If it was in our times, they would have made memes with him. But he still continued out of obedience in the midst of mockery. Noah obeyed God and he saved his family. It was only himself and his family that went into the ark and the animals that he took two by two. David, David, though he was not perfect, he had a repentant heart. When God exposed his sin, unlike Saul who said but I wanted to give a sacrifice and offering to the Lord when he had sinned he repented before God we see Hannah a woman of persistent faith and prayer she was despised and mocked by her sister wife I don't know what they are called. Yes. Penina had children. Hannah did not have children. Hannah could have... Uh, uh, chosen the same stance as Sarah and said, cast out this woman and her child. But she continued to be persistent in prayer. She continued to trust God for a son. Not only did she trust God for a son, but she dedicated that son to the Lord. We see Abraham again, the same one that we saw, a bad example from his family. But something good that we can learn from his family is that he was a man of faith. In the midst of all that was happening in his household, he still held on to the promise of God. 
The Bible says God even accounted that faith that he had, he accounted it to him as righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. And after messing up the way things turned out in his family, he continued to wait on God. And he saw the fulfillment of the promise. Joseph in the New Testament, he fathered a child who was not his. When I thought of Joseph, I, I was thinking, but he wanted to run away. Does it qualify him as a good example? How, but I believe he is a good father. The Lord revealed himself to him. And he, and he was able to see God's purpose. He chose to stand by his virgin wife who was pregnant. And together they raised Jesus. Again, the Bible doesn't give us details. But when the Bible speaks of Jesus' childhood, there's something that we can learn about the parents. It says that he used to sit in the synagogue and discuss scriptures with the other priests. No ordinary playful child who is unruly would ever do that. But a child who is raised in a proper family under good guidance and through the word of God can do that. The Bible, the Bible says that Jesus continued to grow in good stature. I believe it was through the influence of Joseph as a father in his life. We see the prodigal son and his father. The picture, we know the story starts off with the son taking his inheritance and going to and he wasted it away with friends. But what this story teaches us, it teaches us repentance, forgiveness, and humility. The father, when the prodigal son came back home, he did not say, well, go one day. He never said, well, now, go away, go, go back where you You gave yourself to the world, go back to the world. The Bible says that he saw him coming from afar. We see a father who was hopeful. Just like Mam Tembi said earlier on, that God is able to change even that son that you are spending sleepless nights praying for. Do not give up. The details are not given. But I believe daily the father would go out and look at a distance hoping to see the sun come back home. Remember the son took 
But when he returned, the father welcomed him with open arms. The very picture of how God is to you and me. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And God welcomed us into his family. Hallelujah. Amen. We see another family. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. This, this couple uh, uh, served God together with Paul. They served as a family. They gave of themselves into the ministry. The Bible says they even opened their home for the church. This is a good example we can learn from. That as families, we need to declare and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We see Timothy's mother and his, and his grandmother. The Bible does not say much about them. But what the Bible says about Timothy says a lot about them. Paul looks at Timothy and he says the very same faith that was in your grandmother Louis and your mother Eunice I can still see it evident in you. For a young man to grow up like Timothy and model something that could even be recognized by Paul, it shows the upbringing that he went through. Can we have Boyunis and Lewis in our times? Amen. Can, Can we, we have, have mothers and grandmothers like that? Those who will instill faith in ba their children. Not only by mouth, but through their actions. That when we see your children, we will say this is exactly how the parents are. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe as we are going through these examples, many of us might be thinking, my family situation right now might be leaning more to the bad examples than the good examples. But do not lose heart. Our God is able to restore. Our God is a God of miracles. Our God is a God of love. All that we need to do is trust him and dedicate our families to him. He will never, be put, he will never put us to shame. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure you are saying, hey, we haven't read a scripture. When are we getting to the word? 
This is the word that we've been talking about. So God's desire for families, first of all, he is the creator of families. Families are a God idea. And God builds families through marriages and parenting. And God has created families to be an environment in which children will be raised. Filled with love and taught how to love. Because the Bible says that for the world to know that we are his disciples, it is when they see us loving one another. And family is where love needs to be taught. Not only through mouth, but in action. Let us go to the word. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 17. I want us to look at what the Bible says, this family that God has created, how is it, is it supposed to function? Not, not living out what we have learned from those different families, but we are going to read at length in the book of Colossians chapter 3. Uh, but I want you also to note um, Ephesians 4, Ephesians chapter 5, and Ephesians 6. You can read that uh, at your own time. Ephesians chapter 4, 5, 6. So for, for, for now, we are going to read Colossians 1. Um, Colossians 3. Okay. Yes, you can read. Chapter Mohan Creste, Yoelim Butilo Jarona, Otla Bonahalang, Fo, Liluna Letla Bonala Nae, Mohalalelung. Kirone, Bolayandi Tokulotaluna, Teddy Hanelang, Mole Fatting, Keraya Boaca, Lebumaswe, Liditato, Lekeleto, Ebusula, Lepiloteta, Tail in Tirelo, Yamidimuya di Seto, Eling, Dilote Bohale Jamudimo, Botlang, Bo. Botlang mobaning baha baba kopo kantayatone. Verse seven. Teleluna lukile in latoa mohotone jali. Kalu telela mohote mohotone dilote u. Verse eight. Mijanung. Leluna lulate dilote to tefela. Ebombohali. Kakalo. Lekilo. Lekalo. Lipuota. Botabisa di tong. Lulutro se mumilo munyaluna. Se akalan se akalaning. Kalu lo apote moto wa bokolo kolo li ditiro tsagare melo apare moto yo mosha yo ntseng a sa a ntshafa ditswe mokitsong ka fa setshwanong sa yo motlhodileng okay so from where we have read the bible says that we need to set our minds on things that are above and not on earthly things bible e re re tlhome megopolo ya rona modlontsa di kwa godimo e tetswang kwa le godimo the bible calls us to 
recognizing who we are in Christ. We have put off the old self and put on the new self. Remember the Bible says that Christ became sin so that we may be the righteousness of God. And for us to receive that, we did not need to do anything. We did not need to work to deserve it. But now that we have received it, the way we live our lives needs to show who we are and who we are. So we, don't, we, we should not live, remember when we were in darkness, we lived according to that nature. We had the old nature. And we lived to gratify the desires of that nature. Undeserving as we, are, we were, Christ died for us. And when we come into Christ, the Bible says that we are a new creation. The Bible says, even says, Behold, the old has gone, the new has come. So this person cannot look like that other person. This person cannot show the nature of the earthly. They need to live according to their new nature. That is why the Bible says, set your mind on things that are above you. Because you are no longer earthly. You are heavenly. But we live here on earth and we need to portray who we are and whose we are. The Bible says this is how we need to show that we need to put to death worldly things. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust. Evil desires, greed, and, and which is all, all of those things that are considered to be idolatry. That show the old nature. The Bible says, put them off. They should not be found in a child of God. It says, it further on goes to say, rid yourself of such things. And listen to the things that it talks about. Anger. So a child of God cannot say, that should not be found in you. Read yourself of such things. Rage. Ma I don't know how to say this word. Malice. Ma malice. Malice. I even looked it up to be sure I know what it means. It says to desire harm for someone. To be spiteful, to carry animosity in you. So a person will say, I was so angry, I wished that. That cannot be found in a child of God. That cannot be found in the family that is made after God. Slender, not slender, slander. 
Slander. Slander. And it, the dictionary or a synonym of slander is defamation. You know, people will be saying, I'm going to sue, sue somebody for defamation of character. That is to, to act or to speak, to, to act the action or crime of making a false spoken statement which is going to damage the next person. That cannot be found in children of God. Child of God, sin is not sexual immorality and killing only. But defamation is a sin. The Bible says, rid yourself of such. Filthy language from your lips. Read yourself of such. It further goes on to say, do not lie to each other. I'm going to read further from where we stopped. Verse 10. Okay, let me jump to 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, this is how we ought to live. Holy and dearly loved. Remember, we have rid ourselves of all those things. Now, the Bible says, clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourself with compassion. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. And patience. The Bible further on says, bear with one another. And forgive each other your grievances. So you cannot say, Amen. The Bible encourages the new person, the new man. No longer anger. No longer but clothe yourself with forgiveness. And it says, above all these things, put on love, which binds them all together. These are the characteristics that need to be found in us as children of God. And if we possess these, and we strive to be more and more, and we strive to, to, to possess these more and more, then we will be able to fulfill uh, Corinthians, I mean Colossians 3 from verse 18 downwards. That is where it describes what a godly Christian family looks like. It gives instructions to wives. It gives instructions to husbands. It gives instructions to children. It gives instructions to parents. It even goes further to give instructions to slaves and masters. In our, in our times, we can say employers, employees. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> so... 
to, to, to get the details there of, of, of this um, portion of scripture, Colossians 3, from verse 18 to 25, you can read in Ephesians chapter 5. But we will just touch it here and there. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. As it is fitting in the Lord. The wife, a wife who will be able to submit as it is fitting to the Lord is a wife that has, is clothed with peace, is clothed with love, is clothed with compassion, is clothed with kindness, is clothed with, kind, with, with, with humility. All these qualities that we said need to be found in the new man. That is what will enable a wife to submit. And to Christ. It further goes on to say, husbands love your wives. A, a husband will only love a wife as, the Bible says, don't just love a valentine. But, valentine. It, it, it does not say that. Oh, yeah. the, the love that the Bible speaks of. It's not a Valentine's one. with a heart. All things are beautiful, they are good, we need them in our lives, they make us happy. But it says that husbands love your wives. As Christ loved the church. What did the church do to Christ? It rejected him. It put him on the cross. It mocked him. Spat on him. Pierced his side. Yet he loved the church. Show me a husband who can love like that. <laughs> it is only a, a husband that is full of compassion full of love full of gentleness full of patience clothed themselves according to what we have read and children, it says, obey your parents. And this is the only command that has a promise. That your life may be long. You can only be an obedient child if you have clothed yourself in the newness of life. Parents, do not exacerbate your children. Amen. I looked up the word also to see what it means. It means to infuriate, to embitter, to anger. Only a parent that is clothed with the newness of Christ will be able to overcome that. Beloved, this is the family that God created. In his image, in his, uh, in his likeness. And God did all of this so that we can make manifest his wisdom and the mystery that one who did not have sin 
will die for a sinner. Can we stand up? I would like us to pray and dedicate ourselves to the Lord as families, as children, and as couples. That God, we want to model a family that you have designed. In our weaknesses, on our own, we cannot do it. But it is only if we fully put on the nature of Christ. Can we all pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, reminds us that we are created in your image and in your likeness. Your word reminds us that you have created us for a purpose. It is you, dealing with the idea of creating a family. And you wanted this family to reflect you. You wanted this family to preach to the world that God is a God who creates it is God who has forgiven. It is God who has loved. And that love and forgiveness can be seen in families. That you, O oh God, are a relational God. And the Bible says that the world will know that we are yours if we love one another. That help us, O oh God, as families coming from our different backgrounds, our different upbringings. I believe that you have given us the wisdom that comes from your word. That we will be able to correct the wrongs of our past. Should correct the wrongs of our parents and our forefathers, oh Lord. Things that were created, altars that were built, discord that was started in the times of old. Today we declare that the curse shall be broken in the name of Jesus. We will no longer face divorce in our families, in our homes. We will no longer have to endure fights in our families. We will no longer have to endure hatred in our homes. We will no have to endure killings in our homes. We will no longer have to endure jealousy in our homes. But we choose to put on the new nature that is found in Christ. We choose to put our minds on things that are above, where Christ is seated in the heavenly realms. And we say that let it be evident in our families. May our families be different and let it be a ministry to the world. Let the world look at us and say we want the God that these people serve because he is a God who, is restore, who restores. He is a God who reconciles. He is a God who shows love. I dedicate each and every family in this place every marriage, every child, every parent to you, oh God. To live lives that are worthy of you. Lives that will give glory and honor to your holy name. We thank you, oh God. Continue to do this very work in us. Help us, Mudimwaka, not to grow weary, but to draw strength from you. When we seem weak and tired, ignite us with your strength. Ignite us with your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.